as we are worshiping this morning, I, I believe in my heart that there's a, a healing that Jesus wants to do today, that the, that the Holy Spirit wants to do today. And this is the type of healing I, that I'm, I'm feeling he wants to do. When we sing, I want to be spilled out for you. I want, to, I want to give it all. I want to honor you with my life. I want my life to be a praise to you. I just, man, I want to hold nothing back. How many of you have ever thought, I can't? <laughs> How many of you have ever thought, my heart is not in a good place? Like, there's some messed up stuff. I can't possibly give it, I can't spill it all out. How many of you have, you have like, felt one thing in your life that, man, that disqualifies me from my life being completely a praise for him? I believe that there's a healing in this place. And we sang that in a song earlier today, that there's healing today. And I believe it's in our hearts because as, as we go through life getting beat up, making poor decisions sometimes, as we keep listening to what we're telling ourselves and letting our emotions affect us, our heart becomes a messed up place sometimes where we're like, no, I can't spill everything out. I, and we're Norwegians and we're all this stuff, but today there's a healing for our hearts so that we can say, when we say, I want to, Lord, we can also say, I can. Because in religion, you, you kind of have to fix that stuff. You kind of have to, um, you got to go through quite a journey. But in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he just loves to, when he moves into that place, when he moves into your heart, he loves to say, yes, I, I see what we can do here. This is going to be so much better. Oh, this is damaged, but hey, we can fix this. And, and this can be a home. Your heart can be a home that glorifies me. How many of you want to have something remodeled or healed in your heart this morning that helps you be a, a living praise to him to uh, allow you to be someone who can honestly say, hey, I want to be all spilled out for you. And I want to be something that can portray your glory, that can glorify you. How many of you want that this morning? Just uh, receive that healing this morning. Lord, we just thank you that your presence is here. And where your presence is, something must be healed. Whatever is broken, it must be put back together and made whole. We just uh, declare that every sickness in the heart, we, we don't care about anything on the outside right now. We're talking about everything that we've been ignoring for years, everything that we feel is the root of our life that we've just shut up and we've just, uh, anything that, that any, anything painful, we've just set it aside. Lord, we, we give it to you this morning to do your way with. God, we want to say, we want to be spilled out and we want to, to feel qualified. We want to feel like, um, like you accept us. And that acceptance is here today. Hallelujah. Thank you for that healing. Amen. Well, we're going to transition into the rest of our service. Um, why don't we have a seat and, and greet someone along your way? At this point, we're going to um, receive our tithes and offerings. So if you, ha if you need an envelope, our ushers are meandering about and they can help you. Um, also, uh, we have uh, various ways to give. Uh, there's technology, technological ways to give. So I believe we have a screen with uh, some different ways. You can also old-fashioned mail a check or anything. But basically, I was, um, I actually was up last night kind of late. And then this morning I was, I was thinking about it too. I didn't want to, I didn't like, I wasn't searching to think about anything, but uh, I was just thinking about the Lord's Prayer. And so this morning, I, I, was, I just went there in the Bible, and uh, there's two things that stuck out to me, two things that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about 
praying, but he was also a little bit before in Matthew 6, he was talking about when you're giving or when you're, you're doing good deeds, different things. He was talking about how uh, you're doing it publicly and you're doing it to be seen, but actually try just like narrow, narrowing in and doing it in private, in secret. And he said the same thing about prayer. He was like, hey, you're praying out there. You're looking good while you're doing it, but try narrowing it in. Go into a deep, uh, secret place. And uh, much like the theme of today, I believe he wasn't just saying, like, go to a private place where no one can see you. I think he was inviting us to, instead of uh, whatever you're doing with your hands on the outward, check your heart. What are you doing in that place? And, and so this morning, I was just thinking about how many people have either just been giving because it's the right thing to do or because it's, you know, just what you believe in. You sincerely believe it, but it's almost become automatic maybe. Um, or maybe you're just wondering, like, it's just something you do and maybe I don't want to do it. But what I think that Jesus is inviting us to do in the, in the scripture with both our prayer life but also our giving is what's in your heart about it. And so today, I just invite you to, if you've made it automatic, um, what, what secret place in your heart is God kind of nudging? And, and where is he in your heart when it comes to giving? And uh, also just what you're believing for, where you're standing. And so as uh, the ushers are getting ready to collect the tithes and offerings, before you... Uh, before you give your offering this morning, just remember the place where you're at, where you're giving from, that place in your heart. And I believe that if we have faith and that we're deliberate about it and it's not just something we're doing, I believe that there's life on it. All right, so I'm going to pray for the tithes and offerings and then the ushers can serve the people. Thank you, Lord, that you've blessed us so much. This is a time of thanksgiving, and we're just so thankful for what you've given us. And we want to give back to you. And so we want to reach into a, a secret place in our heart, a, a place that's really close to us. And, and we want to give back to you with passion. And we want to give back to you with delight. And so we just thank you, Lord, for everything you've blessed us with. And we're so thankful that we can be a blessing ourselves. Amen. As the ushers are passing around the buckets, I have a few announcements. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> but also, um, we do we still have a family service on Wednesdays? Okay. So, oh, uh, so the Wednesday nights will resume in January, on January 5th. Um, that's 2022, everybody. Um, and basically, the youth meet... Every week, though, we will not take a break. Uh, we'll always be there on Wednesday nights at 6.30 at the fitness center. Um, upstairs, if you haven't been there, it's a great time. Um, also, there's been prayer every Sunday mornings at 9.15, and ladies pray every Thursday morning at 10. Uh, speaking of the ladies, we're at it again. We're going to have a ladies' tea this year. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's almost sold out. So if you have any interest, you should probably talk to Linda or Charlotte. What's that? But Dave will have the tickets. Um, he'd love to talk about the ladies' tea as well. So lots of good memories there. Um, but basically, if you have questions about anything or you need any resources, Dave's your guy. He's like our resource guy. He's our intelligence, the man who just holds it all together. So Dave can help you out, and there's no limit to that. So at this point, we're going to invite Pastor Steve up. Yeah. Who put a nickel in him? Wow. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Thanksgiving week. Glad that, um, and one of the things I'm thankful for is all of you. I thought you'd be more excited about that. But anyways, I am thankful for you guys. What a wonderful opportunity I have to do church with the greatest bunch of people on God's green earth. 
Maybe I was shooting a little high there, but I mean, but that's my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion, but I just want to, um, my wife and I just came back. We were up in Thief River Falls this weekend doing a conference up there, and my wife had her, uh, how, do you, how do you call that when they, when you go around and speaking, uh, itinerant, her itinerant ministry launched this week, so she'll be in high demand now from now on, so. Anyway, so now, but, but I'm glad she had the opportunity to speak because now she knows what I go through. She's over there studying. She goes, don't bother me right now. I'm, I'm in the zone, you know. It's kind of like, well, now you know how I feel, you know. But anyway, so <clears throat> anyway, so it's great to have you all here this morning. And I hope you have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving, a glorious time with your family and eating turkey. And um, I saw somebody posted an emu on on, on my wife showed me this. Somebody posted an emu, and I thought, man, that looks like a turkey. It's like somebody get mistaken. They go, look, at God has provided a, a large turkey for us. Anyways, but I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter 2. I, I want to talk to you again this morning, and I'm going to have uh, Linda share a few, a little bit. I was going to have her share last week, but I talked too long, and so I'm going to sh- talk shorter this time, let her share a little bit. But I'm talking to you this about the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And um, we talked last week, so I just want to review a little bit and then go into some new material. But some of you maybe have never heard this before. But um, when we were looking at foundations, if you guys were here talking about the foundations of the Christian faith, um, I, I said this to you, and this is really an important point. Because there's a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, I'm establishing the New Testament in my blood. And um, it's very important. Even though the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament is inspired by God. Every word, every period, every dot, every whatever, it's all inspired. Even the maps are inspired. Okay, that's what I believe. But God didn't show himself completely throughout the whole Testament. He slowly revealed himself, uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, throughout the whole Testament. But when the New Testament came, it's like God stepped out of the shadows and embodied himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus made it emphatically clear that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so uh, we get a clear picture of what God is like by looking at Jesus. But in the New Testament... I don't know if you ever thought about this or not. It took me a long time to come to this conclusion. But the great words of redemption are all in the category of gift. Like eternal life is a what? It's a gift. Eternal life is a gift. Righteousness in Romans 5, it's called the gift of righteousness. And uh, justification is called a gift. Grace is a gift. These things are gifts. And so a lot of times people say, you got to repent. And I do believe that. You have to repent. But then when they go on to describe what repentance is, then they lose me. Because basically what they're saying is, you got to change your life before God will have anything to do with you. And the purpose of salvation is to change you. Thank you for that one amen. The purpose of salvation is to change you. Sanctification is a work of the Spirit. We used to have this little song we used to sing. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Bringing about a change in my life. You guys don't know that song, do you? But in other words, it's Jesus. It's, that's why Paul said, anyone's glory, let him glory in the Lord. Why? Because it's actually a work of grace. It's a work of God's ability working in us, changing us, transforming us. And so we have to view it that way. We want God to invade people's lives so they can, they can be transformed. And so we're not trying to get people, you got to clean up. You know, like when I, the church I was raised in, and I don't, I don't look down on them at all. And, and sometimes I wonder, was, was it what they said or is it what I got? You know, because they can say something and you, you heard something different. But um, I always, they always kind of left the impression that if you want the Holy Ghost, you got to clean up your life. You know, there's only two things that I've prayed for hundreds of people to be baptized in the Spirit. There's only two things that I've seen that hindered people from receiving. One was unforgiveness. 
And I prayed for a lot of people that didn't re, wouldn't, wasn't receiving until I dealt with unforgiveness in their life. Because unforgiveness is a spiritual sin. And so unforgiveness is one thing that would hinder people from receiving the Holy Ghost. But the other thing is the occult. The other thing is the occult. If people have been involved in the occult, if, you know, like they've been you know, playing with Ouija boards or that's the occult, going to uh, seances or going to all these you know, palm readers or uh, you know, what, I can't think of all the things. But anyways, they're trying to receive supernatural knowledge and not go through Jesus. If they haven't been involved in those things, that's the other thing that I've seen. But I mean, all this other stuff that people are being involved in, I mean, it seems like what God wants to do is God wants to get inside of you so he can transform your life. And we want people to receive, you know, I always say this, in the world, you receive after you achieve. In other words, you don't, you go work for five days and then after you've done that, then you get rewarded with a paycheck. But in the kingdom of God, it's reversed. The greatest achievers are the greatest receivers. You receive first, and that enables you to achieve. And I know that's backwards to people, but if you find, figure this out, the whole kingdom of God's backwards. I mean, if you want to be exalted, what does it say to do? Humble yourself. You want to increase financially, what does it tell you to do? Give. Everything's backwards in the kingdom of God. And so you have to get this mindset that things are different. And so when we talk about gifts, that's why, you know, I, I get agitated a little bit when, you know, people are, when they start going through all this, you know, we, I gotta, I'm not going to say that. Because I'm, I'm getting my, I'm dragging my soapbox out and I'm getting on top of it and ranting a little bit. But anyways, I don't want to do that. But anyways, but just, just, you know, Jesus is the central figure. Just remember that. He is the central figure, and we don't want to take anything away from him. Amen? But there are gifts that God gives. Jesus is called the heavenly gift. But also the Holy Spirit is called the heavenly gift. He's also called a gift. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, Peter said to them, <coughs> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift. Everybody say gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I said this to you last week. This is a kind of a re review. I said to you last week that Christ is God's gift to the sinner. Christ is God's gift to the sinner. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. Christ is God's gift to the sinner. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. And so if you look through the book of Acts, you'll see that when, they, when the early church encountered people that were not saved... They didn't talk to them about the Holy Spirit. They talked to them about Christ. They preached what Jesus did in redemption for them. He died on the cross for their sins. That he rose again the third day for their sins. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and so he preached, they preached Christ to them. They didn't preach the Holy Spirit. How many can see that? And so, uh, but, but when Paul encountered people at, at Ephesus, he found certain disciples there. And there he preached the Holy Spirit. He asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit since they believed. And so the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. And so what we're talking about here is two separate experiences. Two separate experiences. One experience with Christ and the other experience is with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So receiving Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit are two separate experiences. Now sometimes it happened at the same time. But usually they were separate. Like in Romans or Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. And they gave heed to what Philip was saying. And they, and they were water baptized. But then later the apostles came down and laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry, something got in my throat. Anyways, and so there was two separate experiences. I may can see that. And so if, you, you know, like if you've received Christ into your life and you've been born again, that's awesome. You, there's a work of the Spirit in your life, and that's for fruit bearing. But there's a, another dimension or another gift that God wants you to receive, and it's for everybody. And that is he wants you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, Paul said, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, 
because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And so he said the world cannot receive the gift of the Spirit, but the world can receive Christ and be born again. Amen? But now, once you're born again, then you're in a position to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, most people, even people that don't believe in speaking in tongues, believe in a second, they call it a second work of grace, where it's like a sanctifying work. And so most of the time when you lose people is when you start talking about tongues. How many know that's true? You want me to sit in a room and babble away in a, in a language I don't know? I, I don't think so. But I always tell people, you know, that most of the New Testament was written by tongue talkers. Did you know that? I mean, I, I think all of them were tongue talkers, but at least you can prove that most of them were tongue talkers. <clears throat> Amen. And so, um, and so this tongue business is, is where people sort of get uh, a little bit lost. But, um, but most of the places in the New Testament uh, where people receive this gift, it says they spoke with tongues, prophesied, and declared the wonderful works of God. And so there was something, there was a physical manifestation. Now, if tongues were just for like a sign, like one time I was talking to this guy, and he said, well, because it does say one place that tongues are for a sign. If tongues were just for a sign, that's it. That's all they were for. Then it wouldn't be, I wouldn't emphasize it so much. But the Bible says there are definite reasons that we should speak in tongues. Definite reasons. And, and that's why it's so important. The first thing that speaking in tongues does is in Zephaniah chapter 3, it says that God's promise that he would restore to the people a pure language. So they will call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. And so this pure language is a language that it doesn't come, for it to be pure, it can't, be, it can't come from a human. Because what happens is all of our languages, our words are affected by selfishness, affected by self-interest, affected by other things. But this language is pure because it comes from God. It doesn't come out of your head. It comes out of your spirit. Paul said, when I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. So it doesn't come out of your head. It comes out of your spirit. Jesus said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. And then it says, this spake he of the spirit. So it doesn't come out of your head. It comes out of your spirit. How many can see that? And so... Um, it's important that we understand that that's a fulfillment. God promised to give us a pure language. This language would come from God, therefore it would be supernatural. It'd be, it would be basically God inspiring a language, so it would be you talking to God with the language that he gave you. Isn't that wild? Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, the, those three chapters, he talks about the the, the ministry or the manifestations of the Spirit of God. Um, you see, the Holy Spirit comes into our, when we're born again, we're born of the Spirit, and we have the Spirit inside of us. Like I said, that Spirit is in us, it teaches us, it guides us, and it's for fruit-bearing, to develop the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit, in the second experience that I'm talking about, comes upon us, empowering us to be witnesses empowering us to be witnesses. And the evidence is the speaking with tongues. And so in these three chapters, Paul is not writing to a church that does not have spiritual gifts. That isn't their problem. Paul is writing to a church that has all the spiritual gifts. And they have, they have all this stuff and they're not using them properly. Not everything's being done unto edification. And so what he's doing is, I always like to say it like this, Paul is setting up traffic signals in the, in, the, in the spirit, so to speak. So how many know what a traffic signal, you know, it, st it stops traffic. But let's say there's a reason why there's no traffic signals in Ashby. And why is that? No traffic or low traffic. You know, Henry driving, you know, you watch who, who drives through town, you know, it's like, Everybody kind of just puts through town, you know, waves at everybody. And they don't really have a lot of traffic, so you don't need a traffic signal. So if you were in a church where there were no gifts of the Spirit in operation, you, don't need to, you really don't need to read this chapter because what you need is you need some traffic. Right? 
When you got traffic, then read the chapter. But some, some people read the chapter before they got traffic. You got to have some traffic because he would say, you know, let there be three messages in tongues and let there be interpretation. If there's no interpretation. Let him keep silent in the churches. I mean, he's talking about traffic. Ha- they have traffic. And he's saying, stop here. Okay, now you do that. Okay, now you stop. All right, you do this. He, he's directing the traffic that's taking place. But somebody who comes from an environment where there's no traffic and they read 1 Corinthians 14, they say, well, t- Paul took a dim view on tr- tongues. Not, not in your situation, he wouldn't say the same thing. He said, we need to get some people filled with the Holy Ghost in here. Right? We need some traffic. We got to get some traffic moving in this place before we put up traffic signals. And that's all that he was doing. He was trying to keep things on a, on a level or in a, in a focus where there, it, was be, it would be edifying. That it wouldn't be so like, what is going on here? You, when you read some of these things, what he says, it, you kind of get the picture that, that they were coming together <clears throat> and they were just kind of like, everybody was just going for it. I mean, it's like, you know, people are jabbering away in tongues and ungifted and unlearned people are saying, what is going on here? This is a nutty place, right? And so, and so you know, let's look at some of the purposes using 1 Corinthians 14 as a kind of as a guide. Let's look at some of the reasons that we... Uh, so 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, actually, in the old King James, the word gifts there is italicized, which means they added the word to, to bring forth clarity. But actually, the word is pursue love and desire spirituals. And spirituals means things that have to do and are of the Holy Ghost. So he says, pursue love and desire things that have to do with the Holy Ghost, his manifestations, his, basically his gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Now, let me just stop there. How many think it's, it's, kind of, it's important to speak to God? I mean, how many say, yeah, it's important to speak to God? So he said, when you, when you speak in a tongue, you don't speak to men. Now, like I said, he's writing this in the context of a church service. And so he says, in a church service, it'd be better for you to speak. If, it'd be better for you to prophesy than to speak in tongues, unless you interpret, so that the church could be received edifying. But the first thing that he says is that he that speaketh in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. He's talking to God. God gives you a language. God gives you a supernatural language that you can talk to Him directly. Amen. Then the other thing it says: for nobody understands here. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mystery. So you are actually saying something. It may be a mystery, but you're actually saying something. You are talking about something. You might just be worshiping God, but you are saying something. Amen. You are saying something. You are just, and that's why the Bible says that you should pray to interpret. Like sometimes when I'm praying in the spirit, I, I, I get like, I feel, the, I feel God on, on it. You know, I feel there's something, there's something being said. And I say, Lord, what am I? What am I praying about? I remember one time, I was, um, I was, I was doing a radio broadcast. We used to be on the radio for years. On actually, I think we we're on three stations. And why did you quit? It wasn't a lack of finances. It was just a lack of desire from me. I'm just sitting there in front of this mic talking. Blah, 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 blah. I couldn't take it anymore. I got to do this one more time. You're going to have to lock me up somewhere and put me in a straitjacket. I can't take this. I need an audience just to, just to smile or get, be mad or something. Like, What's going on in this place, you know? I need some feedback here. But, but anyway, so I, I walked out of that. I had a little studio there. I walked out of that little studio, and all of a sudden, something inside of me, just I got this turmoil inside of me. And I started to pray in the spirit. And, and I started to pray. And when I started to pray, it started to kind of build inside of me an intensity. And I just kept praying and praying and praying and praying. I thought, and I started wondering, what is this, Lord? There's something going on. What is this, Lord? And I, just, I felt like there's somebody's life was in danger. Somebody's life was in danger. And I just kept praying until finally it just sort of lifted off me. I just had a note of victory. I just began to thank God. And then they... Their word came just a couple days later that somebody had been killed, but their children had survived. 
They were missionaries that we were supporting. They had been killed on a foreign field, but they didn't kill their kids. Their kids survived. The only thing I can think of is that I was praying for those kids. And uh, and so God will, will, uh, you know, it's a mystery to me, but, but we should ask God, God, what am I praying about? And he, because he says, he that prayeth in a tongue should pray to interpret. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard, and, and this has happened to me too, how many people I've heard when they talk about uh, guidance in their life and, and, and what God wants to do with their life is that they got the guidance, it came to them while they were praying the Spirit. All of a sudden, some way, God began to speak to them. But they were praying about the direction and the future of their life but they're talking to God. How many can see what I'm saying? And so the first thing there is that he's, the first two things there is that you pray to God and that you're, um, and that you're praying, uh, praying out mysteries. Amen. And so let's keep going down here. Look at verses four and five of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets that the church may receive edifying. Well, in the context, you can see that in a church service, it's far greater to prophesy. Man, if I got up here and just spoke in tongues, you'd be going, well, I hope Steve's having a good time, because we don't know what's going on, you know, we're, we don't know what's being said. But he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So let me ask you a question. Do you need to be edified? Do you need to be edified? I think all of us need to be edified. We need to be built up. We need to be charged up. If you pray for a while in in other tongues, what will happen is that you'll feel inside this a sense of, uh, of being stirred up, of being edified. You'll feel that inside of you. And so he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies. And then he says, I would that you all spoke in tongues. And the word I wish doesn't mean I wish, but I know you can't. That's not the way the word is. The word is I would or I will. I want you to all speak in tongues. Amen. But even in the church service, I want you to go beyond that, and I want you to prophesy. And so according to the Greek dictionary, he says I will or I wish or I desire that you all. He would never desire that for all the believers if they couldn't. Amen? He wouldn't desire that for all the believers if they couldn't do it. And so there's a couple other things that he says about edifying, uh, building yourself up. Uh, Jude says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Anytime the Bible says praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, he's talking about praying in tongues. Because you'll see that he explains that in the next passage we're going to look at, which is a little bit longer passage. But in 1 Corinthians 14, let's jump down there. And verses 13 through 18, it says, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. That's what I just said earlier. And so it doesn't mean that he'll give you... See, a translation is different than an interpretation. A translation is word for word. An interpretation is a sense of what is being said. And so what he'll do is give you a sense of what is being said or a sense of what you're talking about, or what you're praying about. You know, I told you last week that the place that we live at, Trish and I live at, I prayed from Minneapolis to Ashby in the Spirit. When I took off the Ashby exit, the Spirit said to me, call this realtor. And he was the only one that knew about this place that was for sale, and so we were able to buy that place, and that's where we live today. But uh, I, I, I got that by praying in the Spirit. How many can see what I'm saying? See, there's a lot of good ideas, but you don't want good ideas. You want God ideas. You know, somebody goes, well, this is a good I think this is a good idea. Well, yeah, there's a lot of good ideas, but you want a God idea, right? And so you want to hear what the Spirit's saying. You know, there's, uh, let's read a few more verses. Are you guys okay still? Are you guys freaked out at all? Or? Like, what is this? Look at verses, uh, okay, so there it is. I like it up there. Do you guys like it up there? It's kind of the lazy man's way of reading the Bible, you know. There it is. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, 
Everybody see this next phrase? My spirit prays. What prays? My spirit prays. What prays? My spirit prays. You have a spirit on the inside of you. When you pray in tongues, your spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. That's in tongues. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, in some translations, you put the word only, because that's implied. If you bless with the spirit only, in other words, in tongues, if you bless only in tongues, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? So there he tells you that when you pray in the spirit, you're giving thanks, since he does not understand what you're saying. For you indeed give thanks well. In other words, you're doing a good job at it, but the other man is not edified. So again, it's in the context of a church service. And he's saying you have to be sensitive. That's why I tell people, when you have the microphone, don't pray in tongues unless you're going to interpret. If you're not going to interpret, don't pray in tongues. Now you can in your seat, as you're worshiping God, you can pray in tongues. But I'm just saying when you address the congregation, don't pray in tongues unless you're going to interpret what you're saying. My wife sometimes gives messages in tongues, and I interpret it for her. Sometimes I tell her to interpret herself, but she gets mad at me when I do that. But, but usually, you know, what happened to me years ago, I can't believe that clock is already saying that. That lying clock. <laughs> lying devil. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> But years ago, you know what happened to me years ago? I used to have this on tape where I was, I was talking about Peter on the day of Pentecost when he said, and the Holy Ghost fell. How many remember that expression? And the Holy Ghost fell on those that heard the word. And so I said this, I, I was preaching, I said, and the Holy Ghost fell. And when I said that, all of a sudden I felt something. I thought, well, I'm going to say that again. So I said, and the Holy Ghost fell. And I felt something again. And about the third or fourth time I said, and the Holy Ghost fell. This, this is, I, I wouldn't lie to you. I would not lie to you. That whole room lit up. I mean, the whole room went, it's like somebody took a gigantic picture. The whole room lit up. I saw it. The whole room lit up. And the, the next thing I knew, I was speaking in tongues. I was giving a message in tongues. And so my first thought was, who's going to interpret this? That's my first thought. And so my next thought came, next thought that before I could think any further, all of a sudden I started interpreting it. But I wasn't coming out, I wasn't thinking through it. It just slowed out of me. I just started going, blah, blah, blah. And, and I used to have it on tape. I sounded like a crazy person with a machine gun, you know. And then, you know, when stuff like that happens, I'm spitting now. When stuff like that happens, you're like, what do I do now? I'm thinking to myself, the, I'm sitting there looking at everybody, did you guys see that? I mean, I'm thinking, did you see that? Was I the only one that saw that? I mean, come on. Somebody had to see that. And uh, I asked somebody later, they said, oh, I didn't see anything. Nuts. You know, it's like having something spectacular happen, nobody's there to witness it with you. But anyways, I don't know why I told you that. But let's, let's so here's, Here's, let me just conclude this, and now I'll have Linda come up here and just share a couple of testimonies. Okay, so praying in tongues is primarily for your own personal prayer time to aid you, in, in, first of all, in talking to God, for personal edification, help in praying things through that you're not sure what and how to pray, aid you in the worship of God, Praying in tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. See, it's not, it's a, it's a what, do they, what do they call it? They say that marijuana is a something drug. Gateway drug. This is a gateway. Praying in tongues is a gateway thing. <laughs> you, more is to come, is what I'm trying to say. It's a do- gateway. It aids us in uncovering God's mysteries related to our lives. And it is a spiritual activity we're actually sowing to the Spirit. And so Paul says, one more last verse, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. So if you forbid to speak with tongues, you're violating God's word. 
So if you go to a church that forbids to speak with tongues, they are in disobedience to God's word. Forbid not to speak with tongues. So Linda, take it away. I'll, I'll close it up. Okay. Well, praise God. You guys ready to pray in tongues? You know, <clears throat> life is a journey, right? Life is a journey. And I cannot imagine myself, I cannot imagine life without the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit for over 30 years. I got filled, um, I don't know, before I came to church here, I got filled at a full gospel businessmen's meeting in Fergus Falls. And it was kind of a supernatural thing. I had no intention of getting up there in the front. I was pretty uh, shy, and I had no intention of going up there to get that, receive that gift, but I found myself there in the front getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that was the beginning, uh, 30, uh, probably 35, 37 years ago when I got filled with the Spirit. And once I got that gift, I made a determination that I was going to use that gift, and I don't think since that time that there have been very many days that have gone by that I haven't used that gift. It's huge. It's a huge gift and it's a weapon that God has given us to use in this life in this journey called life and if you're not using that gift I really want to encourage you if you don't have it get it today and then use it use it um, I mean I can't imagine where my life would be today without that gift it's it's a huge it's absolutely huge I have about five pages of notes here but I'll go through them quickly <laughs> uh, anyway, I, w I just want to tell you how, I, how my journey began, even at the church here. Several years ago, 30-some years ago, I was working at the grain elevator in Herman, and I loved my job. I absolutely loved my job. And every day, I would drive from Elbow Lake to Herman, and the whole time that I'm driving, I would be praying in tongues. It's an awesome time to be praying when you're driving. And so I was driving and praying in tongues, and all of a sudden, out of my own mouth, I said, quit your job. Well, I loved my job. I said, and I said, I said, what? No, I don't want to quit my job. And, um, but I kept on praying in tongues, and I, I got home that night, and I talked to Gary. I said, I said, I think God told me to quit my job. And he said, well, we had just purchased a home in Elbow Lake. He said, well, you can't quit your job. He said, we need the money. We need the finances. I said, well, I don't know. I said, I guess I'll just keep on praying. And you know, it took two years. I prayed in tongues and prayed for two solid years before uh, one day it got to that point where I couldn't stand to go to that job anymore. And I, I came home that day and I said, Gary, I just cannot go anymore to that job. And so finally he said, okay, well, then quit. So I quit the job on a Friday. The following Tuesday night, we had prayer here at the church, and Pastor Steve said, I want to talk to you after church today. And in my heart, I had said, I, I had told Gary this, I said, I want to be at the church every day. I said, I really want to serve God. And anyway, Steve had said to me, um, he said, I think God wants you to be my secretary. He said, but you better pray about it. <laughs> well, I had been praying about it for two years. So I really didn't need to pray. I just knew that that was God. God had, put, had opened up that door for me. He had put, because of praying in tongues, he had put such a strong desire in my heart to be here every day that, I mean, when he asked me to come and be a secretary, that was just, to me, that was a no-brainer. I mean, it was just like, okay, that's it. And so, um, so obviously I came and I've been, I've been working at the church here now, I think, I don't know, 34, 35 years, something like that, at the, in the office there. And then another thing that happened was one day I came to work and on the desk was sitting a computer. <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, I have never even turned on a computer. Now what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and so anyway, I, I thought, well, I'm going to go pray. And so I came into the sanctuary, and I remember praying and saying, God, you, it says in your word that you're the helper and that you'll teach me all things. And so, God, I said, I don't know anything about this computer, but I know you do, Holy Spirit. So you're going to have to help me to learn this computer. And, you know, it came really easy. 
it really came easy on how to operate that computer. And I, I believe with all my heart, it was because I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's our helper, he's our teacher, he's our advocate, he's our counselor, he's our intercessor, and we can hook up with him and pray effectively. And, and that's really where it's at. I mean, to, I don't want to just pray a prayer. I want to pray God's perfect will. And so when we're praying in tongues, we are praying God's perfect will for our lives. And I mean, to tell, I, mean I could have prayed in English forever, and I never uh, in my own mind would have thought, I'm going to go work at the church. I never, that never would have entered my mind. But, but God, but the Holy Spirit, he had a plan. And he has a plan for each and every one of us. There's another time I was praying for a good friend um, who had left the church, and I didn't know how I didn't know what was going on in, in their life, but I felt like God said, "Go, go and pray for her." When I was praying in while praying in tongues, and you know what? They came back to church, but it was a divine appointment. God, but it was set up by the Holy Spirit. He has plans and purposes for each one of our lives. He has divine connections for each one of us, but we have to do our part and pray and find out what it is that the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in Jude, it talks about build, he builds up our faith. And I don't know about you, but I need more faith. And so when I'm praying in tongues, and you know, it takes faith to pray in tongues, right? And so you're going to get built up in your faith as you're praying in tongues. It's huge. And I, I mean, I walk around the church now. I, I, I'm so, so uh, privileged to be able to work here at this church and be here every day. And I walk around the church praying in tongues. Just, you know, I sit at my desk and I pray in tongues. Because it's where life is. This journey called life, if you really want God's perfect will, if you really want what God wants for you, Pray in tongues. And even no matter where you're at, pray, you know, you're driving down the road, pray in tongues. Um, and so anyway, praying in tongues is a, it's a huge thing. One night I remember um, in the middle of the night, it was like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and I had something, I could feel the Holy Spirit um, saying, get up and pray. And so I got up and I began to pray. I, I just walked the floor and I prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues. And, and what kept coming out of my mouth is, God, make a way of escape. Make, God, make a way of escape. And, you know, I don't know to this day who or what I was praying for, but I believe God made a way of escape for someone because I was obedient and heard the Holy Spirit and got up and prayed. And that's where, I mean, that's really where it's at. I mean, we can change things, guys. We can change our own lives. We can change the lives of our family. I mean, I prayed, I prayed many, many hours over my children, my two kids. And, I mean, they both went to Bible school. They're both doing well. They're both um, married to born-again, spirit-filled spouses, have children who are serving God. And I believe it's because I began to pray over their lives and pray over their futures. And God, God just orchestrated it. I mean, he really set them up. It was it's powerful, guys. You, you just really, you really need to, lead, to use that gift that God has given you. Um, just yesterday, I was praying for someone and uh, I've been, she's been on my heart, and it's not anybody that's here, but I just kept praying for her. And sometimes God will show you things. Sometimes you'll know more about what you're praying for. Sometimes you, he may not show you. But yesterday, as I was praying for this gal, I had like a, a mini vision. And, you know, when you see those things, you hear those things, it helps you to pray more effectively and probably press in a little bit more. But anyway, what I saw, I saw her standing in one place, and I saw Jesus over here, and I saw the devil over here, and she was being pulled in both directions. I mean, she wants to serve God, but the devil's here going, no, come over this. I want you to come over here. And so now I can pray more effectively and take authority. So I could use, I, I, so God, I believe God showed me that so I could take authority over the devil and tell him to get his hands off from her because we have power and authority over the devil. And so, but we have to take the power or use what God has given us. And, and, um, and so I believe that we can see, I can see her life changed because God showed me. He showed me um, how to pray more effectively. And so, 
Pray. <laughs> Praying in the Spirit provides a way for things to be prayed for that we wouldn't otherwise know about, right? I mean, we wouldn't otherwise, I wouldn't have other, I, like I said, I wouldn't ever have thought I was going to be here doing this at this time, ever. There was another time, you know, the gifts, of, I believe God wants the gifts of the Spirit to operate. He's given us nine gifts that we can, every single one of us can operate in those gifts. You know, what's the best gift? It's the gift you need at the time. Is it healing? Is it prophecy? Whatever it is, that's the gift. And we can, every one of us, operate in those gifts. But like Steve said, praying in tongues is a doorway into the supernatural. And God, the time and the hour that we're living in now, we need the supernatural, guys. We need the supernatural. We need prophecy. We need those things. Several, a few years back, I was, in, uh, I was at a meeting in, in Wilmer, and there was a prophet there by the name of Johnny Enlow. And uh, he was preaching. All of a sudden, he stopped preaching. And he walks over to me and points it right at my face. And he said, I see you with a thrift store. And at the time, I thought, I don't see it at all. <laughs> I don't see a thrift store. And I thought to myself, well, I don't think that's, I, the next thought that it came to me is, I don't think that's for me. I think that's for the church. And so uh, Deb Job and I pray a lot together. And so her and I began, I came and told her, and so her and I began to pray over this thrift store, this prophecy. And, um, and that's what we need to do. You know, we need to take those prophetic words that God's given you and do warfare with them. That means you take that word and you pray it out. You say, God, you said, God, you said that we were going to have a thrift store. So God, I believe it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know you're, you're in it. And so we just began to pray over that. And we found us, we found the, the building over in Ashby, but, but, um, it wasn't our price. And the Holy Spirit had given us a price that we would pay for that building. And so uh, we just kept on praying. And the price kept coming down. And it came down. And finally one day, the owner of the building called and said, you can have that building. And it was our price. Yeah, that's God. And so we've had a thrift store now in Ashby, which has been a major blessing to many people. It's been a blessing to our church. We support um, 17 orphans over in India with the proceeds that come from there. Uh, we give to the city of Ashby. We give to the schools. There's several things that we have done. And then we employ our people. And, I mean, it's just been a, a, a great blessing. But, you know, that never would have come to pass had it not been for the Holy Spirit. And I believe I had to be at the right place at the right time to receive the prophetic word and then take the prophetic word and I had to do warfare with that word saying, God, you said. And we did. And, and so then we see the end result of that is our thrift store. And so if you have things that you need to, would like to donate, you can donate to the thrift store in Ashby. Although, <laughs> right now we're overflowing. I was there yesterday for a while and we have lots of stuff. But it's a blessing. It's a major blessing to many. And I remember the banker when we went and we took out a loan originally. And the banker in Ashby said, that's the best news I've heard in years. They were so thankful to have that building filled. I mean, you don't want an empty building on your main street. So I just want to, again, encourage you to pray in tongues. And if you don't have that gift today, Come up and receive that gift. You know, uh, last couple, was it last week or the week before Trish pray, preached? And she, she said that the word that God gave her was all hands on deck. Every, every person has something to give. You know, in a family, every, everyone has a job, right? You're either doing the dishes or you're vacuuming or you're doing something. Well, that's the same thing in the body. Here, we're a family, and we need your gift operating in our midst. We need what you have to give. We need every gifting, every calling operating. All, deck, all hands on deck. All joints supply. Every one of you have something to give. So I just really want to encourage you today. Come up, receive the gift of speaking in tongues if you don't have it. If you have it, use it. Use it. I just can't encourage you enough to use that gift. It'll change your life. It'll change your life, and it'll change the life of your family. It'll change, it can change any situation that you're facing in life. Life is a journey. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Well, let's all stand together. Let's all stand up. Praise God. Well, if you have the gift, you know, I, um, I preached up in Thief River, and, and the, the verse the Lord gave me was, be filled with the Spirit. And uh, I, I thought, that's a strange verse, because I am filled with the Spirit, and most people there probably are. But, you know, Paul wrote that to a church that had already received the Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Because we think, and see, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, 50 years ago, actually more than 50 years ago. That's a long time. And I felt like when I was studying that, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, yes, yes, Steve, but are you filled today? And I thought, what? Of course I am. I mean, theologically, I am filled. Yeah, but are you filled today? I mean, this thought came to me, you can be filled with knowledge. You can be filled with principles. And they're, they're good. I'm not saying they're not good. Filled with good works. But are you filled with the Spirit? And what's interesting, <clears throat> I thought what was interesting is that there's two places where the Holy Spirit is mentioned, and both times being drunk is mentioned. Like on the day of Pentecost, they thought they were drunk. And then Paul said in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And I thought to myself, there's a similarity between being drunk and being filled, right? Because when, when you're drunk, you lose all inhibitions. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you lose, you, you lose co- conscious, not consciousness. You lose awareness, more, you lose a lot of self-awareness. You really do, because you, you go, yeah, lose consciousness. That's good, Steve. <laughs> so, Sign me up. <laughs> but, but there's, and, and, and drunk people are happy unless they're crying. And they might switch back and forth every, every five minutes. <laughs> and, and drunk people are carefree. It's like they don't got a care in the world. And they think, they think things that you're thinking, that can't be true, you know. And, and there's, a, I mean, you start looking at characteristics, and that's how God wants us. I mean, getting rid of, you know, all, all the other bad things about it. But, I mean, there's certain characteristics that are, are true, and God wants us that way. He wants us to be carefree. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to be not self-conscious, but God-conscious. He wants us to be to do things that we would never do in ourselves. He wants us to be bold. And uh, it happens when, the, when not, we don't just have the theology of being filled with the Spirit or have had the experience, but that we stay full. That's the idea. Stay full. Stay full. So let me ask you a question. Church, are you full? Are you full? I mean, you say, yeah, I spoke in tongues, you know, 40 years ago. I know. Are you full? Are you full today? Are you full today? Are you full of the Spirit today? Amen. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, thank you that we can gather around your word. We thank you for the Holy Ghost, the Spirit that you gave. Jesus, you gave the gift of the Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord, to empower us to be witnesses. We thank you that it's the doorway into the supernatural. It's the gateway into the supernatural. And Lord, we just pray that every person that's here, we pray, God, if they haven't received, Lord, let this be their day. Lord, let this be their day to receive this gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit. Let this be their day. And Lord, if they have received, Lord, let them experience a refreshing, a refilling, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands one more time. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. We just thank you, God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah.
time. Tell Jesus how wonderful he is. Hallelujah. If you're a prayer counselor, please come forward at this time. Prayer, prayer counselors, please come forward. Prayer counselors, please come forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, this is a good time for you to receive Christ and be born again. But any need that you might have, it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, you need somebody to agree with you about something, these prayer counselors are here ready. I feel like there's someone here that you have a son or a stepson, I'm not sure, but Anyway, that's been wayward, and you've been praying for that son. And God's on it. God's heard, the, God's heard your cries for that son. But if you need somebody to agree with you for that today, we're here to agree. So as soon as I dismiss, uh, just if you need prayer, please come forward. These prayer counselors would love to pray for you. I know we went a little bit longer today, but we're probably going to move on to a different subject after today. So I wanted to finish this one. But we got some good fellowship time back there. Please join us for fellowship. And hey, everybody, have an amazing Thanksgiving time with your family. Have an amazing Thanksgiving time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, God bless you all. You're free to go. But if you need prayer, please come forward.